Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We take a look back at Baker Mayfield's time in Cleveland today. Uh, it's Doug Maurice, Scott Patsko, Ashley Bastock, and me. We draft Baker Mayfield games, significant games, during Baker Mayfield's time with the Browns. So good, bad, uh, just games we felt were significant during his four years as Cleveland Browns quarterback. So that's coming up on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Uh, if you want to become a Football Insider subscriber, we are getting closer and closer to training camp, and now's the time to check it out. Go to cleveland.com slash browns, click the blue banner at the top of the page. You get a newsletter delivered to your inbox every day. You get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns, and you can become one of our text subscribers. So again, cleveland.com slash browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. All right, here we go. Our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, drafting Baker Mayfield's most significant games as a Cleveland Brown. Here we go on our Friday Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We're going to draft Baker Mayfield games. Uh, We kept the standards a little loose. I guess the way I looked at it was like just significant games in Baker's career. So good, bad, whatever kind of games that if I'm going to tell the story of Baker Mayfield, I'm going to bring up maybe this game or a moment in this game, something like that. So our draft order here uh, is Ashley first. I will go second. Scott will go third. Doug will go fourth. So Ashley, can, can I can I interrupt and ask yes. a, a semantics question? Please do. Significant. So also bad. Yeah, definitely. Yes. I did not originally think that, and now I will definitely get a more comprehensive okay. list going. Here. Yeah, this is not a best yeah. games list necessarily. Okay. This cool. is a if there's a like. Okay. Yeah. Again, I mean, the way the way I kind of thought about it is, yeah. if I'm sitting back and thinking, like, what's the story of Baker Mayfield in Cleveland? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to bring up this game, and it might be a good, it might be mm. a bad, it might be a okay. So All now, right, Doug. I'm really interested to see. Well, because we I blow was, up your ranking. Well, the, the the thing, and it's my fault for for doing this wrong. The thing that I was thinking about is this. So Baker Mayfield made 59 starts. Mm-hmm. In Cleveland, 29 and 30 record. He was actually here for 67 games, right? 65 regular season games, two playoff games. So he didn't couple he didn't start at the beginning, then the injury, 59 starts. In looking for like games that were significant that were good, I got to 11. And it was interesting to me that a guy who was basically a four-year starter didn't have a full season of good games that like stand out good games. You know, there's some solid games in there, solid wins where he threw for 223 yards or something. But I, I thought that was 
slightly informative to me in general that, you know, we're going to try to pick 12 games here. You didn't get to 22. You didn't get to 19. You didn't get to 16. You didn't even get to like a full year of good Baker. And I don't know. I don't know if that means if that's low. Hey, we had a starting quarterback for four years. Did he have at least one full year of good games? You know, Patrick Mahomes would. I don't know if you tried to do this for a bunch of other quarterbacks in the league, how many you'd get. But I thought 11 was maybe a little lower than than I expected in thinking about his career. Well, and I was surprised how many games that I came away like, oh, that was a good game. You know, so I put it on my list and it was a loss. Yeah. Like I have a lot of, oh, Baker played well and they lost this game. Um, I, I just thought that was interesting, too. So I've, I've got a few of those on my list um, as well. All right. Uh, Ashley, you are up first. I feel Great. like there's I feel like there's two there, candidates for this. That's but what I, I was going to say. Um, but I, I want to see what you take here. Number one. Yeah. And it's funny because like, I mean, we were talking off mic, like I obviously only covered one year of Baker Mayfield, but like I, I'm from Cleveland, like I watched the Browns all the years Baker was here. So I'm curious how like my memories of things compare to your guys's. But for me, the number one choice was the playoff win against the Steelers, like the Browns first playoff game in 18 years, 48 to 37 shootout. Baker throws for three touchdowns, 263 yards passing in that game. Um, and just the magnitude of it, like the fact that the Browns hadn't been in the playoffs for so long, the fact that it was against the division rival, it was in Pittsburgh, all of these things. I think when I think of Baker Mayfield, this game comes to mind first. And then, of course, that's when he runs down the hallway to the locker room and says the Browns is the Browns, quoting Juju Smith-Schuster from, from earlier in the week in the, some prime uh, locker room bulletin board material that the Steelers gave them. So this was the first choice for me. Okay, can I can I be honest? Yes. It's it's not in my top. It wasn't one of the two wow. games I was thinking. Really? Wow. This is was not mine either. It was, it was high, but it was not one of the okay. top two that I think Dan's thinking of. Really? This is my number one also. Okay. This is my the number play, one. The playoff also. win. See, the playoff win and, and, for me. And I'll tell you why it was number one for me is the the flying body bump photo of mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield and Miles mm-hmm. Garrett. That to me is it. Yeah. It's your two number one picks that you got for one and 31, both smiling, celebrating together after a playoff win. Like it's that moment, that one second moment, like that's, that's and peak Browns. To me. I will say there are some choices on my list that I have so far where it is like, it's those moments like that, right? Like it's something maybe out of the box that Baker did that like made me rank some of these as high as I did. But like, I just think everything, like it wasn't his best game numbers wise, right. Or anything like that. But for me, when I talk about Baker Mayfield, when I wrote my column yesterday, this was one of the games I brought up and I didn't go in deeply into, you know, every single great game or significant game Baker Mayfield played. But for me, it was like, it's one of the quintessential games and, and mainly because of the magnitude of it. And it's what he came here to do. Mm-hmm. And he did it. Mm-hmm. They made the playoffs and they won a playoff game. So I do, I just thought, uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, if, if you don't, there's another game that I think is, is a contender for number one. I'm a little surprised that you guys are saying it's not even in your top two though. So I'll be, I'll be curious to see what you so, take. So weirdly, I, and, and this isn't anything against Baker, but just when I think about that game, for whatever reason, Baker's not like at the top of my top of mind. I just think of like five other things before I even think of Baker in, mm-hmm. in that game. I would almost, and I don't, I don't want to spoil anyone's lists here. I, I'm sure we'll get to it. I would almost choose 
the game that got them to the playoffs over this mm-hmm. game. But that that's not in my my top two either. But I, I don't think of like I said, I, you know, I think of the the, the botch snap. I think of the uh, Nick Chubb screen. I think of, um, you know, Mike Tomlin deciding to go for or deciding to punt on fourth and short. There's so many different things I think of before I think of Baker specifically in that game, which is is maybe unfair to him. Scott, I mean, why why did you not have this one in in your top two? I I think it's top five. And I think because like bottom line, because he was the quarterback in this game for the Browns and they won a playoff game for the first time in like more than 25 years. So that, um, in that respect, it is significant, but I, but I agree with Dan and that I think of so many other reasons for this win before I think about Baker Mayfield. And most of those things have to do with the defense. Now, I mean, I'm not going to get into a rant about how wins are not a QB set, <laughs> but this game is tied to Baker Mayfield because again, he was the quarterback and so many people who uh, are in Baker's corner, even today will cite this game along with at least, definitely one other that uh, is going to be high here uh, is for a reason why they feel Baker Mayfield should be the quarterback and is their choice to be the quarterback going forward all because he was the quarterback for a playoff win. So in that respect, yeah, it's a significant game in his career. Um, But as far as his contribution to that actual game, um, I I don't put it as high as uh, a handful of others on my list. 263, three touchdowns, no picks in a game where Roethlisberger threw four picks. Uh, I'll be honest. A lot of short fields, a lot of. He played played good. He played solid, but I'm not going to say that this is one of his most significant games. See, now we are getting into a semantic (laughs) argument over significant. (laughs) They won a playoff game against Pittsburgh. They, they. (laughs) <laughs> Not he, they. I that I that moment, the Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield. Uh, to I don't know, like that's like a poster. What's mm-hmm. what? Oh, it's it's the two number one picks, the two defining guys of the franchise, celebrating together with smiles on their faces after beating your hated rival in a playoff win. That's the best of the Browns. And okay, I I, I get it. Austin Hooper played well in that game, and and. You know, other important things happen, but like, man, maybe he wasn't the best player in that game, but he's he's still the quarterback of that. Significant? Like, if it's not best, it's probably not the best. It's not the best he ever played. Significant? Um, I am totally with Ashley on this, one thousand percent. Oh, Doug, we agree. <laughs> wow. I mean, the moment the 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 jump the the picture of him and Miles Garrett, yeah, that's that's like iconic Baker moment poster. You're right. Uh, in terms of that but I mean if we're talking about everything that led up to that moment I'm putting some things ahead of it I have uh, I have some moments on my list and I have some games on my list where it's like there's a moment in this game that's like part of the Baker story um, and, and so I think that that's maybe a little bit where this game fits uh, because I do think look anytime you're going to write something about Baker Mayfield you're going to say he was the quarterback of the first team to win a playoff game since the rebirth so, you know, that that is certainly a huge part of, of his story. I wouldn't have taken it number one. What, what did you guys have it on your lists? Yeah. I I had, uh, let's see, where did I have it on my list? Scott I had it, hit um, it top five. Yeah, I had it in that range as well. And I, I mean, unfortunately, I have a couple of like not great Baker games. Mm-hmm. 
uh, well, that is part of the story. Yeah, that is like, and kind of thinking on the fly again, um, those not so great games, especially from this past season, like, again, not to start naming picks, but there is much a part of his story, I think, is some of these good games we're going to talk about. And they're, they're going to be games that I think about when I think about his Browns legacy and why it ended the way they did. So it's it's different, I, I guess, when we're picking for like the narrative of Baker Mayfield's career versus these games where he just stood out for stats or whatever. Okay, I, we're, we're talking about telling a story. If we're making a book of his story, my cover art is the shot of him and Miles celebrating together. So then that's why it's number one on my list. Okay. Well, it's number one in our draft. So. <laughs> well, um, well done, right. Ashley. Well done. If you're writing a book about Baker's time at, with the Cleveland Browns, you're not using that photo as the cover. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Depends what Ooh, kind of book now I'm I can't, writing. Now I can't I get, wait to I see. Okay. You write your book and I'll write my book. <laughs> let's okay. all let's all write books, all of us. This will be like yeah. after the Cavs won the championship and like yeah, every everyone Cavs wrote speed writer wrote a book. Let's all write yeah. your books. Let's, <laughs> all right. I'm really torn here at number two because I thought I was going to take one of the two leftovers. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe <laughs> I maybe I'm the only one who had this in my top two. I'm going to take this one because I think this might be the game that led to led us to where we are today, where we're talking about Baker no longer being a Brown and the Browns have a new quarterback. And it is perhaps the biggest what if moment of the entire four years of Baker Mayfield as a Cleveland Brown. And it's weird that I'm going to take this and it's weird that I'm going to take this over the other obvious choice that every other listener is out there screaming. No, you've got to take this other one, but I'm going to take week two versus the Houston Texans in 2021. The Browns win 31-21, but of course the story of that game is Baker Mayfield tearing uh, the labrum in his left shoulder, and he was never the same quarterback after that. He was completing like 80% of his passes before that. He had that game in Kansas City where he played well. Of course, he threw the interception at the end. Um, But this to me is like, this was the story of the 2021 season, which was the undoing of Baker Mayfield as and the I Browns will, quarterback. And I will so I'm going to take it. I do not think you were crazy. I had this at number two. Like I had the really high, the highest of highs, getting the playoff win in Pittsburgh and then this, because you're you're exactly right. I don't know that we are where we are if that injury doesn't happen. Uh, or again, if, if Baker Mayfield gets injured and sits for for the rest of the season and get surgery early and rehabs. It, it just was the defining moment for him. Um, and it's a big part of his story. I think this is a good spot for this. I mean, I'll just ask, should I have just taken the Jets game? Yes. No. Okay. Doug thinks I should have. Scott does not. This was number one on my list. Um, there's no more significant game in Baker Mayfield's career than this game. Um, it, it set him off on a path that, is who knows where that's going right now. Uh, We do not know what would have happened for sure if he hadn't gotten hurt. He could have had another year, like a full year, just like he played great in week one against the Chiefs, even despite the pick at the end. Um, And I think his completion percentage was still over 80 after the Texans game. Like he could have had a great year. He could have had a Pro Bowl year. He could have had just a year that's as good as the second half of 2020. 
but we don't know that. He could have played as well as 20, he did in 2020, and the Browns still could have said, you know what, we're not extending him. That's it. We, you know, just so many unknowns. All we do know is that he lost any opportunity for all those good things to happen because of that game. Like it, uh, Jeff Shadell, who covers uh, the Browns for the Morning Journal and News Herald, he tweeted yesterday, uh, he, he could not remember a regular season play in the last 40 years having such significance and shaping the direction of the franchise as this play. And I've tried to think, and he's talking regular season, and I tried to think of something that did more. And I, like, if you don't want to go that far, there's nothing, there's like no other play that led to so many decisions that have been so emotionally charged for the fan base as that play and that game. Nothing. Whether you want to talk about Deshaun Watson being here or whether you talk about Baker Mayfield not being here. I mean, goodness, you you read the texts we've got from some of our subscribers <laughs> over the things we wrote about Baker uh, after the trade went down. There are a lot of people who are emotionally tethered to this guy. Um, and that play just, just changed everything about this franchise, about where we are today. And I think you're totally right. That was that was number one on my list. So, Doug, why are we wrong? Uh, I, I'm I'm uh, on an island here. I, I, I... <laughs> So well, Doug, I will say I had the, the Jets game number three. So I had what I picked this game and then the Jets game. So I, I have like nine questions asked. First, first question. <laughs> that's a, that's another podcast. Pri- you'll, you'll hear that one later. <laughs> Primarily two questions. We're talking about telling Baker Mayfield's story in Cleveland and the significant moments in it. Are your stories more positive or negative? The story of Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. It's a roller coaster. If I look mm-hmm. at my list, it's lots of ups and downs. So yeah. I I will say for me, like the moments like this don't mean as much without like some of this success. So that's why I think I weighed in this instance that wild card win higher. Because like if that doesn't happen, like I don't know that we're talking about him in the same way at all necessarily without some of these big moments. So that was kind of how I was thinking about the story. But I think mine is also it's up and down. And that's kind of the story of his time here. His, his story is defined by, is not defined by ups. They're defined by a down because he's not here. He just got traded for a conditional fifth round pick four years after being number one overall. So you I, didn't answer. So, so you're both 50, 50. Well, let, let, let so me like, say this, like you lean what's your lean. I get that. We all agree. It's up and down. I mean, I, I think it has to be, there are positives, but I think because it ended after four years and you traded him and you decided he wasn't your franchise quarterback, it's hard to say like it's a positive story, at least in the, in the moment. Maybe 10 years from now, we look back and, and we say, you know, those, those were four pretty good years with Baker Mayfield. He did some positive things here, but ultimately we're talking about a failed number one overall pick. Boy, okay. We have different podcasts here. So, so okay. I think from where they were to where they are, the franchise has grown. They're in a much better position. I think it's more positive than negative. So I would put the Jets ahead of it. And we'll t- I'll save my Jets thoughts when we get someone makes that pick. The other thing is, if Baker Mayfield, if you're ranking this this high, do you think that if Baker Mayfield doesn't get hurt, he is the long-term franchise quarterback for the Browns? You think that moment is what prevents that from happening. I think if you take this this high, that indicates that's what you believe. So I was debating this because 
we all, we were in a situation where the Browns did not extend him. Correct. We were in a situation where they picked up the fifth year option. They did not extend him. They did not make any decisions that screamed. Yes, this is our guy for sure. So I understand that argument, but there was a scenario where he could have played his way into that. They were willing to bring him back on that fifth year and let him prove it. And you and think, I, do, I, think... I do think to an extent, and this is the problem, right? We just, we don't know. I mean, maybe there's a world where he's healthy and he's just not the guy and it's time to move on. But I think that injury muddied things up so much and him trying to play through that injury and then he re-injures it against Arizona. I just think it had a lasting impact on his relationship with the coaching staff, the organization. I think he felt like, Hey, I'm this dude who's going out there every week and playing hurt. And meanwhile, you've got the coaches sitting here saying, eh, it's his non-throwing shoulder. It, it ties into everything that happened before that too, because if he had been clearly the guy, if he came off of 2020 and was extended, He's probably not powering through that. Right. But, but Scott, you said so. But if you rank this this high, you think the injury changes the future. So you think that if he doesn't get hurt, he's their long term quarterback. Oh, yeah. I think that if he hadn't gotten hurt, there was a really good chance that he goes out and has a good year and he's still here. And he's their long, they sign him. Yeah. So Scott's a little stronger on it than I am. Because I think he was clearly never more than a maybe for them. And because I, but I will say this, we just asked, I guess Scott wasn't on the podcast. We just did about Baker leaving. We're asking in five years, whether we think he's going to be in the league or not. (laughs) So if you think the only thing that's preventing him from being the long-term quarterback of the Browns is that he got hurt in week two last year, then why don't we all think that he's going to be a long-term starting quarterback in the league? Cause that is not the conversation that we had. The conversation me, it had is like, ah, oh, we don't know how good this guy is. And now we're talking about this line in the sand that if he doesn't get hurt, he's the Browns quarterback for the next 10 years. I feel like we're having opposite conversations. I guess for me, like, I just wonder if, if he doesn't get hurt and he has like a decent year, that's let's say comparable to 2020. And he builds on that. I start to wonder if the Browns front office would have been willing to go through all the hits they are taking by getting Deshaun Watson. Like that's, that's for me, like what I wonder, like, what did it take to make them say, you know what, this guy has all of these sexual misconduct allegations, but we think he's the difference. This guy that we currently have is not getting it done we got to go and try to get him. Like, I just wonder if they would have still gone through all of this and it's kind of an unknowable. Um, but I think if, if Deshaun Watson doesn't have all this stuff around him, then maybe they still do. But because he has all the off field stuff, if Baker plays well, do the Browns just think it's, it's just not worth it. And we're going to keep the guy we have. If he, if he, if he continued to play well, like he did at the end of 2020 and through the first, you know, what game and a half, of, of this past season, then I think I would think that they would extend him at some point. And I'm not saying he's going to be the guy for the next 10 years, but I think it probably would have been worth extending him because on this team in this offense with this coaching staff and these players around him, he was able to perform well. Now he goes to the Panthers. Uh, he, yeah, he could be out of the league in, in five years, despite 
all this other stuff because he needs another opportunity. And he had track record here that told you he had performed well, he can perform well in the future if he doesn't get hurt. There's like, that's, it's reasonable to think that. But you go to Carolina where maybe the offense doesn't fit him as well, or maybe he's there for a year, then he goes somewhere else. I mean, there's a lot of guys who could be starting in this league, but they just do not end up in the right spot. And Baker's on the verge of that. He needs to go to Carolina and prove that he can be a guy. So he's kind of starting over in that respect. So he could very much be out of the league in five years and what you guys said, working on the SEC network or whatever. Or he could be Ryan Tannehill. We don't know. We we don't know. He's got to land in the right situation. And the situation he's in right now is trying to win a starting spot on a team he's never played for before. This this is where this is where if if Mary Kay were not across the ocean, she would be on here saying that that she believes the Browns were prepared. If they if Deshaun Watson had not come back to them or if they had not gone back to Deshaun Watson or if Baker had not requested that trade, that they were prepared to run it back with Baker even this year. But that's so not that's not prepared to played, sign him to an extension, though. Had he played well, I don't think it's unreasonable that he could have gotten a Ryan Tannehill type of see, because here's contract. the thing. When when the Josh Allen Deshaun uh does Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes playoff game happens, what everybody in the league says is the whole league looked at that and said, if you don't have Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, you can't hang. And so everybody decides you need a superstar quarterback. If you don't have Justin Herbert, if you don't have Joe. And I think we, the Browns, would have decided like Baker at his best is not that. So then I like you can't say you have to get that level of QB, which is why they went all in on Watson. Nobody thinks Baker Mayfield's that. So if that's what you think part of the reasoning was, then he wasn't going to, he was not going to be the long-term answer here. They might've let him play out the fifth year option, which very few teams have ever done. And nobody who ever did it then decided to sign the guy to a long-term deal, which was the whole Mayfield matrix. If you're a maybe in year five, there is no proof that anybody ever then by year six is like, Nope, he's a yes. If you're a maybe that long. So the fact that they had not been willing to commit to him previously, and maybe they were, I mean, maybe Baker, Baker could have taken a slightly lesser deal, but he didn't. But whatever, he wasn't signed. I think that leads me to believe the injury hastened and added angst to where we were going to get anyway, which is the Browns deciding he's not a Super Bowl quarterback. They have a Super Bowl roster otherwise, and they're going to make a change. That's why him getting hurt does not rise to the level, to me, of being this high on this list, because I don't think it changed the future. I think it complicated the future. But I don't think there was a fork in the road where if he's healthy, he's the quarterback for the next 10 years. I think they were on their way to the already deciding he wasn't. There's no game in Baker Mayfield's career that's more significant in us being in him being where he is right now in his career than this game. No win he was ever a part of got him here but more is, than being in this game. Are we doing the, a list that's Baker Mayfield's most significant games or the list of the Browns games that Baker Mayfield played in and was a big part of that were most significant. Cause I guess now, you're right. Now maybe we're really, now we're really yeah. getting into the let, me, let me bring up, let me bring up the text and said yesterday. <laughs> There's nothing better. The, the way I'm seeing his most significant games in a Browns uniform, this good, is a, bad, whatever you define as significant. This is a Baker Mayfield podcast. Yes. 
But this the only reason people care about Baker Mayfield is because he played for the Browns. Well, so yeah, I'm going to view like, it we, through we the Browns be doing lens. This. We wouldn't be doing this if like the Jets had taken him number one. Like we didn't do this Correct. when the Jets traded Sam Darnold. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That was only picked. I will be. We're barreling towards a, a three-hour podcast I, I, here. I will be yes. very curious what the reaction to this is. I, I think it's worth worth putting out a, a, a poll question to the texters, and maybe we have in the last two months. If Baker Mayfield did not get hurt in Week Two last year, do you believe he would have been the long-term franchise quarterback for the Browns? Yes or no? We're, I'm we're very curious. We're going to do that live on. We're going to do that live on the podcast right here. I'm going to. I'm going to put it together while Scott makes pick number three. Before this goes to the official record, Doug, we will let you write the descending opinion on uh, on our ranking <laughs> here. So don't worry. All right. I guess I got to take. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know. I do like to think of this as a Supreme Court argument. Yes. And it's yes. just like I'm just like the guy with a dissenting opinion all the time. Yes. I never win the vote. And of though. course, the big difference right. is nobody has to agree with anything we say on here at all whatsoever and none of it is binding and nobody cares Correct. <laughs> um so, so pick very three, low stakes i'll take the second game on my list which is week two 2018 the jets um i think i pointed out before on the podcast here how when everything started going down with with baker and deshaun watson i uh kind of put out a call asking some of our subscribers why if they like Baker, if they want him to be the quarterback in 2022, why was that? And along with that playoff win, uh, this game was cited um, most often. And again, it's his first game. It's not his first start, but it's the first time he takes the field for the Browns. They had lost. Well, they had not won. They had gone 19 games without a win. They had the tie week one of that year. So it's been a long time, prime time, beer coolers, all of it, two point conversion catch. I mean, it was an exciting night and he kind of came out of the gate on that first drive firing and completing bullets. And it was just such a change from what you were used to seeing from the Browns, especially over the previous handful of seasons. Um, I mean, so much of Baker Mayfield's legend as a Browns quarterback, all the things that people want to cling to and, um, all the things that just got them excited. You know, he gets us, he represents us, the whole, all of that. It was all encapsulated in this game and it all started uh, with this game. So uh, as far as significance goes in his career uh, with the Browns, this, this was two on my list. Doug, you said he had some thoughts about this game. So have it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of the most hopeful moments in Cleveland sports in the last X number of years. Right. I mean, like the, he, he was a hero. He was a savior. He was here to save the city. And I mean, there, th- that, that feeling, it was such anticipation and the fact that he didn't start and he had to come in for the injury. And then he played the way he did like all this stuff that's out in front of us. Now he becomes such a conflicting, complicated, controversial sh- figure in Brown's history. But in this moment, he's nothing but hope. And my goodness, what is better in sports than hope? So number one on my list was the pit, the Pittsburgh playoff win. Cause that's the end. That's the peak. And number two on my list was this game because this is the start and what anticipation for this. I mean, the, the electric, are you kidding me? A sticking jets game, right. Yeah. And the, the electricity that was mustered for what in every other way was a mundane 
NFL game that nobody would care about. This was the hero coming to save the city, man. Like, I, how can this not be ahead of the guy getting hurt later? This was this people will never forget this moment when he walked on the field. And the coolers are such a big <laughs> yeah. part of this. Like, you truly can't have a better setup for this. And again, I was not covering the team at this time, but like, I'm from here. Basically, all my friends are Browns fans. Do you know how much we said, open the coolers? During like the lead up to that game during that summer, like it was the the branding for it was just amazing. And for him to deliver when he finally got that chance and finally got it got to come out there. And I think like by that time, it's it's interesting to like kind of remember how he won people over. And I've been thinking about this a lot too lately, but like Doug, I'm sure you can talk about this too. Like how much Ohio State fans truly could not stand him when he was in college after the flag planning thing. And Ohio State Browns fans are a huge crossover section of this fan base. And I think like going on hard knocks and like doing those things, like he just quickly became a guy who gets us is I think the phrase that gets used a lot. Like he felt for Clevelanders, I think that he was one of us to use another kind of uh, cliche there. But I think like the the coolers is kind of the start of that. And he was like really lucky. I think that he had that too, because like Doug said, it's kind of a boring game otherwise. Yeah. And it was right. It was Sam Darnold in that game. And it was, you know, there was this refusal to act to start Baker Mayfield and Terod Taylor goes out in that game and they had those two just absolutely frustrating games. But, you know, they had the tie against Pittsburgh and that was like the weirdest just the weirdest game like Joe Schobert's returning a fumble that would have won the game and Jannard Avery just doesn't he's celebrating doesn't block somebody and it turns into a missed field goal all of that you have a game in New Orleans where you have like four missed kicks um and you know finally they're forced to put Baker Mayfield in when Terod Taylor gets hurt and you know when I talked to some fans um before that playoff game they cited this Jets game like, hey, that was the moment with Baker. That was when I'm like, all right, the Browns finally have their guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is – there's a case that we should have taken this number one. Doug, you made the case that we should have at least taken it number two. Um, so it had to go here. I mean, this was this was a moment. Whatever happened with Baker Mayfield after, this was a moment. This is the lead of a lot of Baker Mayfield retrospective stories. It shows you how little needs to happen <laughs> for you to win over a fan base. You know, I mean, the Jets, the Jets won four games that year. Sam Darnold, 38.2 quarterback rating in that game. Jets were bad. Browns were not great that year. Um, but, you know, you come out and you light a spark and you, you make some completions and you celebrate a two-point conversion and the right marketing at the right time. <laughs> it's That's it. People hang on to that for years and, yeah, you're right. Everybody, uh, everybody still calls back to this game. And and the other thing too is it wasn't, it wasn't a one o'clock Sunday game. It was a Thursday night. Everybody's watching Baker yeah. Mayfield national profile. I mean, everybody wanted to see Baker in that game because it's it's freaking Baker Mayfield. Everybody knows who Baker Mayfield is, and they they kind of they do finally get to see him. So there was just so much that came together in that moment. And you hadn't won since Christmas Eve, twenty sixteen. And it was a reward for the suffering that that one in 31 was for a reason. And it was for this guy. And it was unexpected. It would have been less exciting if they just would have started it. The idea like, oh, God, when's Hugh going to start this guy? And then the injury forces it. And he's like, 
you know, coming in off the sideline. That was like, you, you didn't tune in that night necessarily expecting it. And then it happened. I'm sure there are people that weren't even like, that's Thursday night. Uh, Baker's not playing yet. And people call their friends saying, Baker's in. My God, I'm getting myself chills. This should have been number one. Baker's in. Nobody called this. Oh, Baker hurt his shoulder. I almost called it. Baker's in. That's the third pick. Baker's in is the third pick, man. Come on. You can make a case for number one for this for sure. But Doug, oh, yeah. you didn't even have it number one. I know because the peak because the picture. Exactly. If we didn't have the picture of him and Miles, then maybe I would have made this number one. Exactly. Baker's in. Who's getting chills? <laughs> Who's getting chills? I'm going to start crying. The Baker there is some nostalgic. <laughs> Doug, if I say dilly dilly, will it send you over the edge? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, man. This is football matters to people. Oh, getting reclimped. <laughs> All right. Well, are we moving on from this game already? We spent like 20 minutes on the Baker Mayfield injury and we're going to move on. We're like, yeah, all right. Best game Baker, best Baker moment. Let's, let's move on. Uh, That brings us to Doug at number four. So I'm just going to like end up not picking any negative games because my list is all positive and I'll discuss the negative ones when you guys bring it up. So maybe this is too high, but I'm taking the win at Cincinnati when Hugh Jackson is on the sideline for the Bengals. I had this on my list. November 25th, 2018, Baker throws four touchdowns in a 35-20 win. Demarius Randall hands the ball to Hugh on the sideline, and it is a reinforcement of our guy, right? And now there's even like a villain involved, right? It's like Hugh was on your team and then you take the mask off and oh my God, now he's the villain. And who's going to strike down the villain? Baker Mayfield is. And no, Scott, he didn't do it by himself. You know, everybody else was in the defense <laughs> played well. I get it. But like that, it, everything that you thought with the Jets game, now you're like two months later, you are doubling down. Our guy gets us that I had it third. I'll take it fourth. This is where it gets fun because I actually didn't put this on my list. That is a miss by and you. It's, and it's definitely not the top Bengals <laughs> game on my list. I have two Bengals games ahead of this one, but I understand the case. Like I completely understand why you would pick this game. And it's, you know, we were talking off air, like we don't all have enough games on our lists to get us to our 12 games, but like, this is why we're probably going to get there. Um, because I didn't have this one. Scott, you shook your head. No. It seems like you didn't have this one either. No, I didn't. And I, although I did, I mean, I, the four touchdowns stand out, obviously. But I look, it, if you want to make Hugh Jackson into a villain because of that, I fine. I, I remember Baker talking about or being so offended that Hugh Jackson would go out and try to get another job. But listen, listen, don't act like it if was so you want ridiculous. To, everybody think- did. Everybody did. Maybe you didn't, but everybody didn't. else who roots for the Browns, it was nobody ridiculous. else is like, well, you know, it's just a job and Hugh has to pursue his career. They hated him. And Baker was standing up for Cleveland. They it's, still it was ridiculous. Like most, most Browns if you fans think that way, just you. stay away from me. I, I think it's it was I mean, it was a fun game to watch. Yeah, the whole Demarius Randall thing was comedy. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't see this as a significant game in in baker's career a- ashley did you say you had this one i did but it was lower okay i did see it as a as a significant game but again like 
I think kind of like Doug and I are on similar wavelength wavelengths today, which like are dogs acting <laughs> up. Dan, you have a dog. Is your dog acting he has, up? He actually, I, I'm not, I'm not making this up. He has been like in a mood today. Oh, He's okay. like, yeah. So, something we might, I don't know, something might be coming, but um. No, I mean, for me, like, again, when I was making these picks, like, the narrative of it was a big part of it. So, like, some of these positive Baker moments for me when I was thinking of it are, like, like Doug said, like, the, this guy gets us. And the, and the Hugh thing was just, like, perfect drama for this city. And, again, like, I'm thinking about how fans still feel about Hugh Jackson. Dan, I know you wrote that story when, you know, when all the stuff was going oh on gosh. with Hugh this season, the headline about... Hugh Jackson loses again. People went nuts for that. They loved it. They loved the pun of it. And I just think that this is a, this is a good pick. I wouldn't have maybe taken it this high, but um, it was on my list. It was going to get chosen by me if Doug did not take it this high. There's, there's an element of like, this is who Baker, Mm -hmm. this is who Baker was when he was like, this is this game and the lead up to it helped show us I, I guess we already knew but this was like this was baker like this is this was when and so much of baker was stuff that didn't happen on the field yes so this is the narrative exactly. yeah. no, but listen, yeah. I, I clearly am t- i'm coming from a gotta feel the emotions standpoint with my list <laughs> and maybe pod. maybe scott and dan are coming from a gotta watch the tape perspective but i gotta tell you guys when people think back on him it's gonna be a gotta feel the emotions yeah. When people say, hey, what do you remember about Baker? They're not going to say, hey, remember his uh, completion percentage or his QB rating in that game? It's like, no, it's the stuff you talk about with your friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, my God, what what did people talk about more than this than sticking it to Hugh led by Baker? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Ashley, you're up with uh, the fifth pick starting Ooh. off round two. All right. Um, you know what? I am. We talked about this game already a little bit, but I'm going to take the Pittsburgh game that got them into the playoffs in 2020. Um, 196 yards for Baker in that game, one TD. But I think the thing that people remember from him from that game is getting the first down on that little run that sealed the game for them and I mean I just remember watching that game clear as day I think anytime the Browns get a win over Pittsburgh obviously <laughs> is a big deal here in the since they've returned um so I had this still in my top five and I'm gonna take it here at five yeah I had this uh this was right after the wild card game actually on my list so this was like four I, I didn't really put numbers by him but um you're right it was kind of a pedestrian performance from a passing mm-hmm. standpoint but I think he ran the ball six times. And then again, 110 left. Um, you're up by two points and you need a first down and they put the ball on his hands and, you know, just one play. But again, you Baker Mayfield is, is charged with getting that first down. Then you're able to kneel it out. And um, I thought that was a significant game for him and just a, a significant moment. That's what got him to the playoffs. And I think that should definitely be top five. Also had it fifth on my list. Completely agree. 
yeah, it, it's tough to argue with this one. That this had to be high on the list. And you know, I said maybe I would have put this ahead of that playoff game because so we we talk about the emotion of it, right? And that playoff game in Pittsburgh was so weird to be at. Like it was an, there were no fans. Like COVID Pennsylvania still had really strict COVID restrictions. There were no fans. It was this empty, like, I think they still did renegade in the fourth quarter, which was weird. It was like just family. Like it was Emily Mayfield watching Baker play. Mm-hmm. This game was like, there was so much emotion just around the game. And, uh, you know, for me, I had just written about uh, Tom Seipel, who was the fan that had cancer. And, and so I'd written about him that morning. And there was just so much emotion around that game that I actually would have this one above the wild card game just being in in first energy stadium and seeing the fans experience that it was like, I I don't know that, that you can make the case. This could be number one. I wouldn't put it number one, but there's somebody out there could make the case. This could be number one. So it's a value pick for me is what I'm hearing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm drafting really smart. This is a peak Andrew Barry draft. It could be number one if Baker Mayfield were still on the team. Yeah. Yes, that's fair. That the Browns like gone to the AFC championship game this past right. season. Um, okay. You guys are making me I'm gonna I'm just gonna be the one who picks all the negative games. I have like, some apparently. here. It's just the way it fell. <laughs> I, I had to I pick do this one. I do have some positives on my list, I promise. Maybe I'll have to read them all in honorable mention, but I have some some deep cut positive games. But oh yeah, I got a couple. I, I know what you're picking. I, I, Scott, what do you think I'm I taking? Know what you're picking. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. Go ahead. Okay, all right. I'll I'm taking. I'm taking Green Bay. Yeah, that's Packers. Right. Packers 24, Browns 22. Week 16 on Christmas. Baker Mayfield flies private to the game, posts the selfie beforehand, uh, getting off the plane, and throws four interceptions in the game that essentially, I mean, it did end the Browns' playoff hopes. They obviously had to have some things happen that following Sunday that did happen, um, but. It, it ended the Browns playoff hopes and it really felt that the Pittsburgh game hearing Baker talk after that game certainly was like, okay, yeah, this is over. But that game really felt like, yeah, this, this, this is it. This is done. Um, you could just tell that, that Kevin was frustrated. You could tell defense was frustrated. Uh, you could just feel it building. And in that game, it just, that was sort of the, the personification of all of it. And so I have that one here. I'll take another downer of a game. The Browns <laughs> lose to the Packers on Christmas and Baker throws four interceptions. But, you know, yeah. I think this game has to be on this list. And thinking back to that game, like the other thing that's interesting is like one of the things that had been kind of consistent with Baker Mayfield's development here was obviously them trying to improve his accuracy, them trying to improve his footwork. And he comes and plays in that game, throws four interceptions. Two of them, you can argue, maybe there should have been a DPI call there um, that Donovan Peoples-Jones got held. I think on both of them, definitely on the last one. Um, But the other two, when you watch them, and he told us after the game, they were just bad throws. And you watch his footwork, and it's like all out of whack. And it, it kind of like, I remember the conversations being like, what has this guy like done with this in these last few years? Like, why are we regressing to this point? Is it the injury? Is it something else? Like what is happening? So it kind of bigger picture, it it serves as like a microcosm, I think for some of his major issues ever since he's been in the NFL. Oh yeah. I actually wrote microcosm of Baker's time with the Browns (laughs) down here as a note, because 
we came away from that game wondering, like there was so much. It was, there was the whole playoff aspect, but as far as just Baker, it's like, well, was that Baker? Was that the injury? How much of those, of the interceptions were because of the injury? Was that just bad uh, decision-making? It was just this whole pile of questions that you didn't really know the answer to. And, you know, if he's hurt, why is he still out there? You got, uh, was it JJ3? T- uh, tweeting, run the damn ball oh my gosh. Yeah. in that game. Um, and and just, you had the, you had the ball at the end with the chance to go win, right? Like that was always the discussion with Baker. Right. And, and right. he throws the pick. Yeah, that there was a that was the full negative Baker experience. And you're almost you, you have a chance to beat the Packers on the road. You know, a game you need to have to stay in the playoff uh, hunt, and it's like it's so close. It's right there, and then you know. Yeah, like all the other pieces were there. Nick Chubb played really well that game. The defense played really well in the second half. Gave up half. three points. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and it, it just wasn't wasn't enough. And like Dan, I mean, we were in that room, the three of us, and I mean, I just remember feeling the frustration in that small room under like Lambeau Stadium, like from from everyone that came to the podium. And Miles Garrett walking up there, and he's basically walking on one leg because of the groin injury at that point. And it's like you could just feel the wheels had fallen off i think at that point clearly this deserves to be on the list it like this was already trending this direction right that it was sort Mm -hmm. of like the capstone like okay they can't score they can't move the ball baker's hurt baker's bad is this the end but it was already moving this direction so i still i think there are maybe other things that are sort of pivot points or things that like this if if they had won this game and this had been like the revival or whatever, but it was sort of like it, it confirmed all the previous frustrations. So maybe a little high in my opinion, but all there's a lot of emotion to this game, right? That statistically bad, but I think there were Browns fans, you know, walking around on Christmas day, like with a knot in their stomach because of how Baker Mayfield played football that day. And if, if that's like screwing up your Christmas, that's real stuff. So well, um, this is real. I, I remember too, Dan, like the day of the game when we were, I think it was on our post game pod. Like you posed the question, you mentioned Baker Mayfield flew private because that was like in the middle of the COVID outbreak. So he couldn't get there with the team. And he posts that picture on Instagram. And you remember, I remember you asking like, did, what did you guys like think when he posted that? Because I don't think anybody was like, oh yeah, Baker Mayfield's going to play. And now they're for sure going to have a chance to beat the Packers. And I think that's true. Like, I I think at that point, it just had gotten to a point with the injury where it's like, oh, okay. Baker's Baker's playing. But like right before that, we watched Nick Mullins almost beat the Raiders, you know, (laughs) it was such a weird couple of weeks during that outbreak. Well, it was it was a little over a month after another game that might show up at some point on our ranking here that, um, (laughs) that really kind of fed into the idea that, uh, uh, well, maybe Baker, you know, isn't really coming to save the day here. I'm not, I'm not picking, I'm not picking that game, by the way. I've already picked two (laughs) bad ones. I'm, I'm not picking, I'm leaving that one for you guys. You guys can take that one. All right. We are Scott here. Number three in the second round. All right. I got a couple of, I guess I got a couple of positive choices here. I'm going to go back to week nine, week 19. It's got to be week nine, <laughs> week 2018 against the Falcons. And yeah. if, if Doug wants feel good stories, um, this game, uh, they, they ended a four game losing streak. It was Baker's seventh start. Um, he completed his first 13 passes of the game, 
finished the first half with a perfect quarterback rating, uh, 12 of 12, two touchdowns. And uh, he actually, if you go back to the game before that, he had completed 14 straight, which was like the fourth longest streak in team history. And then, of course, after the game, you get the the quote that launched a thousand T-shirts. I woke up. <laughs> I just woke up feeling real dangerous. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's the Falcons game. And again, that feeds into the whole, uh, you know, legend of Baker and the swagger and all the things that people like to cite for for liking him as the Browns quarterback. And then you get the added bonus of good play on the field, kind of all rolled into one. Um, Just one of those games that I think gave people like what Doug said, a lot of hope as that season went on and wound down. Um, 2019 really didn't follow that up. But uh, again, it's. You think about moments like that when you come off of 2020 or even off of this past season, when you're trying to justify whether or not you think Baker should be the guy you're, you're thinking about games like a Falcons in 2018. How much is the feeling dangerous part of your pick here? If he had not said that, would you pick it this high? Um, I was really looking for a game where he played exceptionally well. So this probably would have been on my list. Uh, and then when I realized this was the game where, where that quote happened, um, it helped. Yeah. I like the dangerous part of it for sure. I mean, I think like that, like, again, it's like if we're doing like the top five Baker Mayfield quotes or whatever, or or some kind of like off field stuff, this is, this is way up there. And so I, I think that lifts it, um, to being worthy of the top 10. We could do, see, now I'm wishing I'd put another game on my list. This would be a negative. But, I mean, we could do a bunch of games where it's like the the stuff around the game mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm thinking like Baker when he looked like he was homeless after the <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh game in 2019. or all the Top money. 10 post-game press conferences. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to spoil some of these. But when he shaved like three times yeah. during the de- loss in Denver and then like, you know, there's so much we could do like four different pods, like with different standards for, for drafting Baker games, but the woke up feeling dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, that that's, that's gotta be on here. I, I should have had that game on my list and, and I didn't yeah. think about that. I mean, I think I, quote. I think I looked up what was the woke up feeling dangerous game. Like I did it backwards. I was like, where, where did the quote come from? Okay. We're adding that there. <laughs> like I didn't remember that it was this game, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, like Scott said, that quote alone probably kept the Cleveland t-shirt economy going <laughs> for that season. All right, Doug. Uh, also probably helped out Kenny Loggins a lot. With, uh, gave him some royalties yep. over the course of course of Baker's career. Uh, Doug, you are up to wrap up the second round. And I'm shocked this game is still here. It's fourth on my list. I don't think it should have lasted this long. And it's the win at Cincinnati in 2020 that relaunches the whole revival of Baker Mayfield the week after the disastrous Pittsburgh game Odell Beckham gets hurt early in the game they have the miracle comeback and it goes from feeling like we then thought that was the end of Baker Mayfield's career and no he leads a miracle comeback with the pass to DPJ at the end without Odell and it's the beginning of the new Baker and so again I had this fourth and I this is too low, isn't it? Eighth? Again, this is where this I is, had it on my list. This was the this first is a, Bengals game I had. This is a pivot. This is an absolute, everything changed. It, I'm like, we were talking about, should he be benched if he has like opens with two bad series against the Bengals in this game? And instead it launches 
what turns out to be a playoff run, eighth is too low. So I, I want to put this in perspective just so everybody can kind of remember. So Baker was on a stretch going into this game where it was bad. They had beaten the Colts at home, but he had a second half against the Colts. I think he threw two interceptions. It was mm-hmm. one or two. Yeah. Then he had the two interceptions against Pittsburgh, including the pick six. And then he didn't complete a pass in the first quarter against Cincinnati, including five. Yeah. Including where Odell got hurt. I mean, it was legitimately, I think I was sitting next to Ellis in the press box and I, I said, Ellis, they might have to, they just might have to bench him. And he didn't disagree. Like it was getting to that point. And then he just comes out and completes what 23 in a row, 24 in a row and, and, until he spiked it to stop the clock at one point. Like it was the, the, turn and the pivot was just you couldn't believe it i think this is higher again if baker's still on the team i i agree it was great he like 11 straight then a incompletion then 11 straight and and then like at the end because i kind of wrote down some notes about this one too 106 left down by three completed three straight uh they spike it and then there's the touchdown to to dpj 16 seconds left i mean yeah it was a great win and great performance by him but i think um you got to take it like in the context Dan was talking about, like you, you think about this game, it makes you remember what happened before it. And it also, while also making you remember what happened after it. And again, another microcosm moment for Baker Mayfield. It's like, what is he? Is he that guy before it? Is he the guy after it? We never really got that answer. And the, I mean, the throw that uh, the touchdown throw to DPJ was like one of, if, if we're going to rank throws that Baker Mayfield made in a Browns uniform, that's, right up there as, as one of the best throws he's ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. again, it's, it's like one of those Scott keeps bringing up if he was still on the team. And again, if it, what's the lens here? Like if for Browns fans, it's like, there's the, how fans view his tenure here in the moments, the significant moments, there's how the franchise viewed it and how they viewed him as their quarterback as a result of these moments. And there's how it affected Baker Baker's own view of like, well, you know, so I think from again, like a fan perspective, Oh my, I mean, people, you thought it was over. It's over now. Like Scott, you're saying, well, if you thought it was over, you thought his career as the Browns quarterback was over fifth year option. Like he might, they're going to trade him for a fifth round pick. Like after that season, like he's it's dead. Stefanski's here. He can't work with Stefanski. None of this works. Stefanski, you know, and in a snap of a finger, completely flipped on its head. I, I just I, I don't know that you can have more of a stark. I mean, could you find for any individual player like more of a stark contrast, like how you go from awful to great instantaneously <laughs> and, and you throw in the OBJ injury and like the thing that you thought would be the death knell somehow is the, the springboard. I that again, I just was I, I'm very surprised we're talking about this here at eight especially for how browns fans would think of it now i mean they didn't start off zero and six and it's he had some solid games at the beginning of that season it's just the offense in general was not humming the way it did and he obviously wasn't paying as high of a level as he did over the last half of the season but it's not as if uh he had and we were talking about the second half of the colts game the steelers game which a good opponent, right? It's not like he went out and stunk it up against a bad team. And then what a quarter of the Bengals game turned on. So it's, it's a very small window there. I don't know if I was thinking that that was the end of Baker Mayfield. I certainly thought I, after that first quarter, you had to wonder 
whether or not he was going to keep finish that game, you know, like he didn't do in Pittsburgh. But I don't think I didn't look at that game as it potentially being all over because again, he had played pretty efficiently and they had won early on in the season. Let's take a break. I've got some poll results to share on the Mm. other side and then uh, we'll do round three. And we are back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. So, Doug, you wanted me to ask the texters uh, the question, if Baker Mayfield doesn't get hurt in week two, do you believe he would have been the Browns' long-term quarterback? And so far, in real time, 62.6% say yes. I'm actually a little surprised. Um, Bunch of homers. I do think our our tech subscribers, just based on the replies, are – pretty loyal to to baker mayfield but yes they do uh, not like critiques or analyses (laughs) of baker mayfield yeah frankly baker uh, baker probably got us some tech subscribers so thanks baker hey yeah absolutely (laughs) listen baker baker helped all of us he just got traded and we're doing a a pod that we're 50 minutes in on or an hour in on here um so yes we're still talking baker mayfield all right ashley start us off here in round three all right. Um, I'm going to spare you, Dan, and bring up a game we talked about earlier. Uh, I'm taking the Baltimore game in Baltimore from this past season. The Browns defense plays lights out, intercepts Lamar Jackson four times, um, and Baker Mayfield in the offense can't really do anything with it. And I think when we're talking about stories and we're talking about beginnings and like how a narrative flows like this is definitely I think a part of the narrative for um, things starting to really feel like the wheels are coming off and that's I think the prime example of where I think it became a lot more voices questioning if this was the guy who was going to be able to get it done in Cleveland if this is you know the person to get them to a Super Bowl, if he's capable of that, if we've hit a wall, if teams have figured him out, all these things. Um, and I, I do think it's a memorable game for not good reasons, but when you think about not many teams get those chances against Lamar Jackson and they still couldn't get it done that day. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I mean, this is one that probably had to be on this list um, and we, we probably have it in the right spot. I do wonder, is this... Do we have the Packers and this Ravens game in the right order? Yes. I don't know. I, I okay. think so. The four picks in that Packers game was just so memorable um, by Baker in that game. Ironically, four picks in each of these games, just not by <laughs> Baker in the Baltimore game. Um, it, like I said, the Baltimore game feel, felt like the maybe the start more like this was really picking up in terms of a discussion. And by Green Bay, it was like, oh, this is probably – headed towards the way that it ultimately headed plus green bay was on christmas right yeah that made it worse both and both on national tv this was a sunday night game Um, yeah yeah this was a rough one i mean this game can really be packaged together with the game right before it it was really a two-game stretch there where Mm -hmm. uh offensively they they kind of hit i mean new england was a disaster but um just a section of the season it was really rock bottom offensively yeah, it was coming off the Detroit game where Baker didn't talk after the game and and mm-hmm. went after fans the the day after, and it was it was messy. Things were getting also messy on my list that game. Um, <laughs> but but too like it was almost like the and it's something you see a lot with Baker, like the juxtaposition of him versus the other quarterbacks in the the division, and that was the game where 
I don't remember where the Ravens started at, but Lamar Jackson drops back like almost 20 yards and just throws up a pass to Mark Andrews in the end zone. And it's like, are you for real? Like it just was like night and day in that game. Yeah. You saw the magic of Lamar, even though he didn't play well, you saw these little flashes of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Lamar Jackson still made something happen. All right. My pick is another Baltimore game. Um, And it's actually a loss, but it's Scott. Here's your, you know, wins are not quarterback stats a moment. (laughs) I'm taking the um, the shootout, the Monday night shootout against the Ravens. Uh, Ravens 47, Browns 42. Baker was 28 of 47, 343, two touchdowns, threw an interception. Um, he threw a touchdown to get within one in the fourth quarter and then hit Kareem Hunt, catch and run to tie the game in the fourth quarter. Um, that was the game, of course, when Lamar went to the locker room for whatever reason you choose to believe. <laughs> Lamar went to the locker room, came running back out and hit Hollywood Brown. Um, and then, of course, Justin Tucker stole that game from the Browns uh, after Baker had tied it up. That was just a fun game. And that was a game that you came away from on Monday Night Football thinking, OK, we're going to see these two go at it. We're going to see like games between these two guys like this for the next 10 years. And it obviously didn't happen. It's the polar opposite of the game that we saw on that Sunday night when Lamar threw four interceptions and the Browns couldn't do anything. And the final score was 16, 10, but this was one of the great, I mean, this was one of the most entertaining Monday night football games ever, like historically, not just Browns wise. This was a great football game and Baker played pretty well in this game. And so I'm going to put this one on my list. Um, Even though it was a loss, I think it was one of Baker's best games. So you really agree last year about whether or not this was the best game of the of the year? I think we did. Yeah. The Browns. <laughs> and I, I scolded you guys for picking a loss <laughs> as potentially the best Browns game of the year. Typical <laughs> Cleveland media picking oh. a game the Browns lost is the game of the year. God. I have that I have that I have that sound bite on my computer somewhere. Of <laughs> Scott of Scott scolding us. Um yeah. So I, I'm I'm gonna take this one here. Um, all right, let's go. Doug, that was did you the, have something? That was the only loss. I listed 11 games. That was the only loss that was on my list because I agree with what you said. You came away from that game thinking like, oh, man, Lamar versus Baker. We're going to be doing this forever. All right, Scott, you're up. All right. Well, I only have two things left on my list, and we've talked a lot about one of them. So I'm not going to pick the Lions game, um, but I'm going to go ahead and pick the Chiefs game week one of this past season. So much was talked about heading into that game. Uh, we tried to downplay the significance of the actual game. Um, didn't matter so much whether or not they won or lost in week one. But I think coming out and playing well against the Chiefs, something that you wanted to use as as a uh, as a bar to see where this team was um, coming off the previous season, coming off the playoff loss to the exact same team. Um, and Baker played really well in that game. Uh, 21 of 28, 321 yards. Did not have a touchdown through the one pick at the end. His foot got uh, got caught at the end. He's kind of lunging as he throws. Um, but I think anybody who watched that game, especially up to that moment, had to feel like everything was pointed in the right direction. Uh, they were up by quite a bit in that game. It was one, another one of the games, one of the many games, where the Browns raced out to a lead and just were not able to hold it. Um, but I thought the team and definitely Baker, I think coming out of that game had to feel positive about 
the fact that they were able to kind of carry over what they had done the year before. Um, and I think his completion percentage um, with that game and the Texas game was like over 80. Obviously, he wasn't going to sustain that, but uh, it was a great start to the year for him. And it's, again, one of those games that a lot of people point to and say, man, if he hadn't gotten hurt, you know, how, how good could could he and this team have been? You know, it's 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 hard to look past that game and, and look at that game and say that he there was no chance of him being the guy because he, he looked really good. I thought a lot of the conversation after that game, though, was like, can Baker Mayfield lead a game winning drive? That's true. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember like coming out of that game. Yeah, his stats were good and they had a lead on the Chiefs. But I thought the discussion was like, oh, is this a guy who can match up with Patrick Mahomes in the, in the fourth quarter of a big time game like this? Yeah, but I, I disagreed with that that argument. I thought that was kind of silly because, again, it's not the quarterback doing everything down the stretch. Uh, and, you know, I mean, the defense defense is part of this too. Yeah, I, you know, that game, it, it is funny, Scott. You mentioned it. We talked so much about, well, the outcome of that game doesn't matter, but then it's sort of, you know, this is the NFL, right? You get into these games and you start to play the result. And um, it, it was sort of those two battling sides. You had a great first half. And the Browns probably should have won that game. Um, the defense gave up that deep ball to Tyree kill. And the next thing, you know, Baker throws the interception on the, on the last drive of the game. And, and that kind of becomes one of the narratives coming out of it. And then he gets hurt in week two. Again, a microcosm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doug, you've got the last pick here. I've got some honorable mentions. I want to Me throw too. out there when we're done, but you, yeah. you've got the last pick for us. We definitely, I think, could actually even go another round. Not that people want to listen to us talking longer. But it's like, up to you if, guys. If we want to go another round, we can. If if we were worried about like not having enough games, I think we, we definitely do have enough games because, as Scott has said, there's a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I have another game slightly ahead of this, but I'm going to pick this other game instead. I'm going to take Tennessee 2020, December 6th. They win 41-35. Baker throws four touchdowns in the first half. It was just like a December game between two really good football teams. I think they were both, I think they were both like eight and four or something like that going into the game. And I, and the Browns and Baker together were just like so efficient. Now they almost kind of blew it. And the Titans came back in the second half, but they won. And I almost felt like you sort of came out of the game, like in December thinking like, huh, could they win the Super Bowl? Like it was like, cause they were playing, they were beating good teams at winning time. And Baker was just like being a really good quarterback. So I almost think, again, on the hope meter, if the Jets game is pretty high on the hope meter, this is pretty high on the hope meter in December of 2020 when you're just like going to Tennessee and taking care of business with your quarterback leading the way, just like a normal good team would do. Definitely one of his best performances as a passer. But again, he fumbles at the end and they almost blow it. True. <laughs> a microcosm. Yes. Well, I, that's the new phrase for this podcast one. Um, number two, as regular listeners of this podcast will know, last month I was in a, my friend's wedding in Nashville. So was down there. And the two things I got asked the most while I was down there was number one, how long do you think Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended? And number two, how about that 2020 <laughs> game between the Browns and the Titans? Like it was all people wanted to talk about were those two things. And 
Um, obviously, when I was talking to the Titans fans down there, they are much more sad about that game in terms of the memories. But the the Browns fans, I do think this is like a, a solid memory that people have, kind of for all the reasons we laid out. Nobody did bring up that fumble, but I do think people just remember like the shootout aspect of it um, and how they ended up scoring just a ton of points were what my friends remember. So um, I think they were playing a drinking game based on how many points the Browns scored. So they had a fun time. But um, I do think this belongs on the list. I actually had it slightly higher, like in the six to eight range, but um, I'm glad it made the cut here at the very end. I, I don't know if I'd call it a shootout. It's like one team using up all its ammo <laughs> and then the other team using up all its ammo. There was no back and forth. It was like 38 to seven yeah. at one point. <laughs> it, it felt that the first each side taking turns shooting. Yes. The, the first half of that game was like, you know, there were moments in 2020 where it felt like Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield working together, just like this is what it's supposed to look like. And, and the first half of that game was was certainly like one of one of those moments when just both guys were nothing. They couldn't do anything wrong in, in that first half. It was it was a fun game. All right, uh, so are we doing honorable mention? Did, do we, we have anything we just, from 2019? Did I do have anything. No, I, I had two. One that barely made the list was just beating Buffalo and sort of like Baker Mayfield beating Josh yeah. Allen, which was down the list. So I, I have that one too through the game winning touchdown pass to Rashard Higgins um, yeah. to win that game. And like, oh, because again, I mean, we talk about Allen versus Baker a lot on this podcast, but then I, I mean, to go to Baltimore in week four and win in Baltimore 40 35 after a one and two start to get to two and two, that was sort of like the last time there was hope in that Freddie kitchen season. It was like, Oh, look, they just went and beat the team that, you know, was 15 and one or whatever the year before on the road with Baker beating Lamar. Like, Hey, maybe this is the, the start was, was rough, but maybe this is going to be real. So I had those two games. I had from 2019, I had Monday night football against the 49ers again. That, that, that's a bad one. Uh, but that was the Nick Bosa, you know, he'd been mm. sitting on that flag plant for yeah. two years and like nailed it. I actually, I, I went to the Niners locker room after that game for his interview. And afterwards I, somebody had tweeted out a video of Baker's flag plant and Bosa's flag plant one on top of the other. And I showed it to him and he's just like, was staring at it. And just the whole time, like, yep. <laughs> yep. Like he, you could tell he, he didn't admit how long he practiced it, but he did admit he that he practiced, practiced it. And you could tell that he had practiced it for a while. That's great. So that, that's um, one of those. The one honorable mention game I had, and we did bring it up, but the Lions game from this past year, I mean, and that's more, uh, yeah, they didn't look so good. They won that game, but it was everything that happened after. Baker stalking off of the field, Baker not doing the media obligations, Baker coming out the next day and complaining about the fans uh, cheering when they have the ball and them not being able to operate on offense. Um, so that was a not so good week in terms of, of his tenure here. But um, I do think, again, part of the roller coaster that was Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. The only other game I'd maybe mention is the 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 COVID Jets game um, mm -hmm. when the wide receiver one. room was kind of decimated. And if you were looking for a moment where Baker like carried the team and just like refused to lose, I think that's the game that you like you really thought that it could or should happen. And it didn't. Um, again, I mean, he I think he threw over 50 times and uh, yeah, sacked four times. Um, I can't remember how much he was under pressure in that game, but uh, obviously not a full team and just a lot of situations around that, but uh, that could have gone 
a long way towards uh, kind of adding to, you know, the whole legacy of Baker and he's the guy and he could strap a team on his back and kind of win a game for you kind of thing. Um, I'll throw two more out there. Week seven in 2018 against the Bucks, They lose in overtime, but that was a game too where you hear fans kind of cite he takes a helmet-to-helmet hit and kind of oh. pops right up and starts jawing it. I think it was Jordan Whitehead. Um, a lot of fans kind of cite that moment as like, oh, this might be a guy. And then also another Bengals game, week nine this year, uh, after Odell left, they go to Cincinnati and, and blow out the Bengals. I think that probably should have made it. That was in my top 10 because, again, that was sort of last gasp. He didn't necessarily play great, but after all that Odell stuff, I, I mean, absolutely – what we talked about, and Mary Kay, I think, was very strong on this in the pod after that game was the Browns rallying around Baker, mm-hmm. that there was a conflict between OBJ and Baker that led to OBJ's departure. And then look what they did to back up their QB. And then very quickly, like that was <laughs> like the last time we talked about anything sort of in that context. But like in that moment, it felt like maybe everything's going to be okay. Like this is going to be saved. And it turned out to be false, but man, I mean, if you remember the emotions of that game, I think, I think a lot of people came away like, you know what? Yeah, no, this is okay. Okay. And so I think, I think that was, that was really important. I mean, from the outside. Yeah. It was easy to draw that line. I don't remember players coming out and saying we did this for Baker. After they did, they did Did let him give the, I don't know if anybody said that directly. They did let him do the pregame speech that Miles usually does. Like in the huddle, he Miles kind of got out of the way and let Baker talk. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't remember a lot of sentiment after the game. Like, yeah, we did this for Baker and and all that. But we said it was that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then he hugged Denzel Ward. Right. (laughs) Right. And Nick Chubb. Yeah. Just basically any game that the Browns played in Paul Brown Stadium outside of the finale in 2019. He did own Joe best. Burrow. He owned <laughs> Joe Burrow and no one can take that away from him. It is remarkable. It is remarkable how much of this comes against Cincinnati. Cause I even had one more Cincinnati game on the list, which was 2018 when Hugh came back to Cleveland, December 23rd oh, yeah. and they win that game. And it's like right before Christmas and all the Browns fans are like excited to boo Hugh and that kind of thing. And Baker throws three touchdowns in that one. So um, I had both those Hugh games in my top 10. And then one, one other just honorable mention I'll put on here. Um, just again, I remember a lot from this game. Week 17 at Baltimore in 2018 was like the whole Baker experience. Uh, he threw three interceptions, two in the first half, but threw for 376 yards, almost led them back to beat Baltimore. Baltimore was still fighting for the playoffs. Um, and then guess what? On the final drive of the game, interception number three. So when we talk about microcosms, uh, go back to mm. 2018, the final week of the season in Baltimore. I mean, look, a lot of memories with, I mean, this guy was the starting quarterback for four years. And like, I don't know, are there this many Tim Couch memories? Or I don't know. This was, this was a ride. I, I think that's kind of what I come away kind of going through that game log and picking out these games, like up and down. This was certainly an experience with Baker Mayfield. And Doug, I'll give you some uh, some final mm. poll numbers here uh, before we sign off as I hit refresh. And as we just to double check, if we were voting in this texture poll, I would vote no. He would not if he hadn't gotten hurt, he still would not be the long term quarterback. Ashley, what would your vote have been? When you say long term, 
Yeah, yeah. Define like, like, I mean, yeah. get an extension, I think is Gets how I was an extention at it. and like continue. Let's let's use Ryan Tannehill as the standard. He's Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. If he doesn't get hurt, um, I'm gonna say no and agree with Doug. Scott, what would you have voted? If he doesn't get hurt and he I think I prefaced that before. Like I, I was assuming that he could play at least as well as he did in 2020. And if you're doing that and you're making the playoffs, there's no reason to believe why you can't win with, with Baker Mayfield, it, he, that he would have done it twice. So maybe you don't give him a market setting extension. Maybe he doesn't jump to the front of the line, but I think extending him and keeping him around is, is definitely something you should do. And what they would have done. It's just a button, man. It's just a yes or a no. Click your button. Okay, I'll say yes. Doug, this okay. is so stressful. I did, There's so I much did gray put, involved. I almost did <laughs> I put like a, a maybe option with like 20 yeah. E's at the end. I would Because I um, would be maybe. Like, well, everybody. Like I said. Right. I mean, every, that's yeah. what every, we would have been like 90% maybes. So. It, it ain't my team. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, which is I the whole thing. He is, in maybe. the end, with all these ups and downs, he is the ultimate maybe quarterback <laughs> i believe which, you said the maybeest of maybes in the maybe like that and and that that i think is um that might be this the title of my book which will have a slightly positive <laughs> spin maybe mayfield Ooh. with a question mark baker and- maybe field <laughs> <laughs> oh we're gonna have a copyright that's battle here that's it I'll give you 10 bucks. I'll give you 10 bucks for that title, Ashley. Um, <laughs> well, I'll think about it. Talk to somebody my, my really, people, call my people, and we'll see if I'm willing to give up that title. Somebody should have <laughs> put that on the back of a jersey and worn it during last season. Maybe <laughs> filled. Where's the Doug, you should have walked around First Energy with that and just done a story about the reactions you got. That would have been great. We can tell as the thing about this is all these ideas about Baker Mayfield that we have that are now useless to us. We can just give to Ellis. That's, That's right. So yeah. Write that story in Carolina, Ellis. Ellis Charlotte Observer. Ellis, have your people call my people Joy. and we can discuss the use of maybe field in Charlotte. <laughs> oh, man. Well, shout out to Ellis. He gets Baker Mayfield again uh, after a few months away mm. from covering Baker. He's back. Can't and Austin it. Corbett. And, and Richard Austin Higgins Corbett and Richard Higgins. And I've told this story before, but at one Maybe point, bros. at one point last year, he tweeted out that Cam Irving was going to start at left tackle. And I was this close to quote tweeting him and saying, Ellis, you can never escape the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> and it's never been more true than it is here today. All right. That's it for this edition of the Orange Brown Talk podcast. By the way, it was 62.3 percent uh, our live podcast poll who clicked yes on if they believe Baker Mayfield would have been the Browns long-term quarterback had he not gotten hurt in week two. That's from our football insider subscribers, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get joined up uh, in that club. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to our podcast, wherever you listen to your pods. We're going to have some breaking news here at some point in the next few weeks that we'll have an emergency pod on and you'll want to get that on your phone as soon as we hit publish. So uh, make sure you're subscribed on Apple podcasts and Spotify, Ashley, Doug, and Scott. I will talk to you all later.